This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Trevor Talks Too Much, the show where I bring on a guest and I talk to them and I can see if we can become friends and get closer emotionally, physically. No, not really. Uh, I'm your host, Trevor Everts, master baker, mythical soft boy, and proud owner of a Lego Death Star set. Pretty freaking cool. It's the Death Star, but Lego version. Today, I spoke with a good friend of mine, actually, already. Uh, You may know him. You may love him. You may hate him. Mythical chef freaking Josh. Uh, What a great guy. He he's uh, we're already friends technically, but I wanted to have him on the show because you know I just thought it'd be a fun time, and you know we got a little bit deeper into our friendship. You know we're friends already. He's also my boss, which is a fun dynamic. Um, but yeah, you know we just got into about all sorts of stuff. We had some great conversation. Uh, speaking of mythical chef Josh, one of my favorite stories of mythical chef Josh. Uh, actually, it's about his brother. His brother roasted the crap out of me, John. Really? Yeah. So this was. Honestly, one of the most insane, like, backhanded roasts I've ever... <laughs> backhanded compliment, backhanded roast. It was weird. But I was at... It was the Super Bowl of 2021? So last year. No. 2022? No, not 2022. That was this year. No, this... No, 2020? Was it 2020? Uh, I, I think it was. Uh, I went over to John's house. Josh invited me um, to go see to go watch the Super Bowl at his house. Um, and while we were there, John, I was just like making small talk with Josh's brother, John. And I, he like asked me if I was dating. It, it, it would have been 2020 because it was before I was dating Destiny. So he asked me like how the dating like or if I was dating anyone, or if I had a girlfriend. And I was like, no, nah, I was like the dating scene in L.A. It's just like tough. I don't know. It's hard. It's weird because it was. And um. He looks me in the eye. He looks me in the eye, in my Christian eyes, and he says, it must be hard going from an Idaho 10 to an LA 6. And I was like, wow. That is, I've never been roasted that hard in my life. And I was like, I mean, he called me an Idaho 10, but I was like, wow, that was, it was just crazy. I've never forgotten that moment. Wow, that's like, and I feel like there is a, like, because everyone says that, oh, well, what you are in a different state when you come to LA, it's very different, but like, that's mean. That was was harsh, (laughs) and I was like, dang, Uh, but John's a great dude, he's a good guy, Uh, you know, it's all fun. Yeah, yeah, then after that, uh, Uber's home for me uh, were like $150. And so I asked Josh if I could come back to his place. So I rode home with Josh and Julia, his now fiance, uh, rode home. We stopped at the grocery store on the way. We had weird conversations uh, about things that I don't want to speak of. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and then I went back and like hung out in Josh and Julia's place with them alone, like in their apartment, which was weird. I just like hung out with their cat Pippin, but they're like, together and so i don't i don't even remember it was a weird situation and i was just remember looking at my phone i was like i just got to sit around long enough until it's like not too expensive to uber home um but yeah that was uh that was one of my favorite favorite josh slash john stories that i didn't get to tell on the show that's nice yeah it was except for the part where he called me in la6 yeah that part's not nice but i feel like the bonding and random thing and also like freaking ubers yeah unbelievable right Makes sense. It was a Super Bowl and it was like right after the Super Bowl. So like everybody's probably like Ubering back from wherever they watched it from. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that was my story. And now let's get into more Josh. Yeah, more fun Josh stories and Trevor stories. Everybody, super exciting guest. I already said it in the intro, but Josh is here. He's here in the flesh. Look at him. I don't know why I'm clapping for myself. I'm sorry. That's super lame. No, it wasn't lame, Josh. That's epic. I'm so excited to have you here. This I'm excited great. too. Um, are you less excited to have me here than everybody else? Because I am the least famous guest on the show so far. 
Can no. we can we get a number? Who's no. who's less famous than no, me? No, we we recently had a uh, Rarg and Link on the show who are RuneScape YouTubers. I would say oh. that they're less famous than you, but they're good friends of mine, so it was still fun. <laughs> no, I'm uh I'm really excited because this is like probably the most comfortable I've been with a guest. I think like I just... more comfortable than the RuneScapers. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. I am a manscaper, <laughs> dude. You manscape? Um, I actually do. Yeah, and I, I have a manscape. I do. As well. What a good product. Honestly, really good. Like, get yourself not a sponsor. No, but it should they're be, great. Certainly. It should be. Yeah, especially anyone who has just gone uh with a hair clipper without the guard on it. Yeah, you get the some guards nicks. are really nice, and mm-hmm. they have like the different lengths, you know. Because sometimes I like to like trim up my beard a little bit too uh, with it, not like a it's different blade. I have different blades. <laughs> no, it's you, dude, listen. I eat out of the trash. Um, I'll <laughs> I'll use my downstairs trimmer from upstairs hair. Yeah. I, it's all the same body. That's true. Just why? Yeah, destigmatize the genitals. That's what I'm all about. That's my message. And 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 I think it's really important. That, what are we talking about? I don't know, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Josh. Uh, no, this is exciting. I I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I feel like we're already friends, and kind of the point of the show is to like uh, me make friends. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. We can do whatever. I guess I'll tell you. So for a long time, uh, I I was a food journalist, right? Yeah. I would go out to eat professionally and yeah. write about it in every. Every single time I went to a restaurant, I would like agonize over what to order. Cause I was like, okay, this place is known for this thing. And like, yeah. I know this is my budget using on the company card. And like, I have to get this. And when I know this is something I want to write about. Yeah. And so now that I don't do that for a living anymore, when I go out to eat, I just say, screw it. I'm yeah. just like, somebody else do it. I don't care. Food shows up in front of me. So if I'm not hosting the podcast, <laughs> I don't care, man. This is you. I'm the, I'm the guest. I'm not going to make that decision. I'm not going to agonize over what no. to do. you realize how much of my daily life is just agonizing over what to say? Almost all of it. So right now, being a guest on your podcast, bro, no. That's true. Take it away, Trev. I was I was waiting for like where that was going. I was like, there's got to be a point to this, right? He's not just... I Because for a second, I was like, maybe he's just diving into his life. Maybe <laughs> he's just... He's just kidding. Life story. I was like, what a start. <laughs> Eight pounds, six ounces, Baltimore <laughs> County General Hospital. I was a colic baby. Oh, man. Well, Jamie wrote me a fact sheet for my friend Josh, uh, as she always does, and she's great. Uh, So I'm going to read off some of these, and you can tell me uh, how good they are. I will confirm or deny. (laughs) Jamie, I'm judging your producerial capacity. Okay, let's do it. Was the senior food writer for LA Mag. That is true, and I was given the opportunity to pick my own title. Yeah. Um, and somehow I came up with senior food writer. It meant nothing. There was no junior food writer. There was no any other food writer there. Okay. But I made it up arbitrarily. Similar to my yeah. title here, actually. The same story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jobs are all made up. Yeah. They yeah, don't mean anything. Pretty much. But no, I was I was a senior food writer at Los Angeles Magazine. Yeah. Um, I was a very serious food boy. That's the origin of my spork tattoo, actually. Yeah. Um, is I was writing about very fancy food for a fancy magazine. Um, they gave me like $1,000 a month to eat out, but I only nice. made like thirty two grand a year or something. Huh. Um, and so okay. it was almost like I was getting the same amount. Yeah. money and free food as I was salary. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like such a fraud eating all this fancy food all the time that I was like, get a tattoo to remind yourself of where you come from. Yeah. And to me, that is eating garbage foods with a spork. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I did already know that fact. Thank you for writing it down, though, Jamie. Um, <laughs> Jamie, one for one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this one's good. Grew up on the poor side in the OC. I did grow I, d- I did grow up. I grew up poor. Uh, and that's <laughs> something that, uh, that I talk about a lot because it's something that, yeah. that has framed my life. And I want people to... Be cool talking about that and understanding that your circumstances that you're born into don't define you. Um, I will say though, for for anyone poor, also I I know people use the word the term low income. Yeah, describe that. I personally hate that term yeah. simply because for me, when you say low income, it when you say low income, it implies that the only problem is like, oh, they just forgot to make enough money. Yeah, you know, oh, their income just isn't high enough. It's like yeah. no, poverty is a state that is like put upon somebody by uh, years upon years of, you know, government policy yeah. and, and all that stuff. Um, and so, no, I, I, I grew up poor, but I lived in a rich area Yeah. because, um, I don't know, my mom, after my parents got divorced and she had mental health issues, we just, like, came out to California to be near my grandmother who was, you know, in, like, assisted living in, like, an old folks' home. Yeah. Uh, but it happened to be in Orange County, which is a traditionally rich area yeah so if you're poor and you move to a rich area there are so oh so many smiling church folk who who just want to help you 
and they have all this money. I literally remember like it was incredible going to uh, the food bank. Yeah. Because we were like the only family there. There'd be like 15 rich evangelical Christians just like staring at us. Mine, a giant, I swear to God, I remember like a giant bounty of food. Literally Pizza Hut, the local fast food places would donate food. And we'd go there and we'd take home like six Pizza Hut pizzas, giant bags of candy. And again, like the amount of people willing to help the poor people outnumbered actual poor people in Orange County, like 15 to 1. Uh, mm. And so, cannot stress enough. Oh, we had families come over every Christmas to give us Christmas presents. Yeah. Even though we were Jewish, but there was no Hanukkah present. Yeah, You know, yeah, poor yeah, people yeah. sort yeah. of uh, thing. And so, we just had the Christians come give us... That's how I got all the Harry Potter books. Man. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, free school clothes all the time. Yeah, good stuff. C- can recommend. Can <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> recommend. Like, it's not going to solve any <laughs> no, real yeah. problems, you know? And it didn't solve any of my actual problems. But yeah, I got... But it was nice. I got books know? and pizzas, and it was... It was nice. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's it should awesome. be like more affordable housing, like better mental health resources and stuff like that. But, you know. Yeah. I'll take candy cool and pizza and, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a fallback. Oh, man. So so I guess we talk about it sometimes like between us as friends because Josh and I do talk occasionally as friends um, off camera. I know it's shocking. It's true. It is it's true. shocking. Um, but how do you think that like, you know, like growing up in that circumstance has shaped how you have like brought up the mythical kitchen channel because i know a lot of like what we do on the show over on mythical kitchen and like the foods that we cook are directly inspired by your upbringing and Mm -hmm. what you like to eat but also like kind of the the marrying of i grew up poor and here's the things that i learned how to Mm -hmm. like cook when i was young and also then i started eating a lot of fancy meals because i was a a food writer yeah i think the biggest thing that informed mythical kitchen as far as let me rephrase that I think the biggest way my upbringing has informed Mythical Kitchen uh, is the lack of shame. Yeah. Right? And that uh, we were once tasked to break the little corporate fourth wall here. We were once tasked to come up with like a mantra yeah. for our departments yeah. or something. And I forgot what we said, but like shameless was in the word yeah. for Mythical Kitchen. And that wasn't just like we are shamelessly ourselves and just kind of running around all wacko with our heads cut off. Uh, but the fact that we don't want to shame anybody for yeah. the foods they eat. And like that's a thing that, you know, I would bring a poor person's lunch to school. I remember, you know, just bringing like <laughs> like a single slice of ham on like bread heels, you know, and like nothing else to school still for lunch. Eat that? <laughs> and, and, Josh still the yeah. amount of time Josh comes to the kitchen. He's like, We got any lunch meat? We got any oh, lunch meat in the fridge? Lunch, and man. He just grabs a fist. Carl Budig. Carl Budig, they were 25 cents back in the day. They would go on sale four for a dollar of just like the worst quality paper thin lunch meat it just snaps just like wet paper that's been soaked in msg yeah and to this day i find it absolutely delicious yeah. but you know i i would like you know get shamed for stuff that i ate uh you know bring into school and whatnot um and i always felt like very sort of different from yeah. other people and all that uh and i realized that like that's ridiculous and a lot of people share that experience yeah. as well and i think there's a power to that yeah and so like if you look at a channel like um i don't know let's name Let's not name a specific channel here, but like Gnome Bapetite, right? <laughs> so there's a channel called like Gnome Bapetite and they're out there. It's like, oh, if you don't cook with fresh ingredients every single day, you're a huge piece of shit. Yeah. They don't say that, but they indirectly do. Yeah. But literally the business model of Condé Nast, uh, which is the parent company of Bon Appetit in the yeah. magazine was like, we want people to aspire to be better like us. We want to have an aspirational image of what food should be. Yeah. And that's dictated everything they've done. That's why they hire all these people from Ivy Leagues, yeah. you know, who studied pastry in Paris and all all that stuff. Uh, whereas for me, I'm like, I understand that people have to eat ramen because yeah. times are tight and yeah. money is hard to come by. And the ability to cook fresh vegetables all the time to have one, the time, two, the money to buy them, three, the extra time to learn how to do that stuff. Yeah. That's a huge luxury. And this isn't sitting here preaching, like, check your privilege, all that. It's just like, understand how the actual world works and yeah. lives, right? Not everybody can go get Harry's berries fresh from the farmer's market and break that down into a lovely little paste. It's like, nah, if I yeah. can teach something, to, if I can teach somebody to do something cool to Pop-Tart yeah. that enriches their lives 1%, yeah. Then to me, that's great. We've yeah. done that, you know? And like, we're not out here saying that, uh, I don't know, making moral claims that like, it's good to eat at McDonald's, but it's like McDonald's is a thing that exists that is very cheap and brings a lot of people a lot of happiness. Yeah. Myself included. Yep. Um, yeah, eat at McDonald's if it makes you happy. Yeah, I eat at McDonald's occasionally. I like their McChickens. I got a Big Mac the other day. 
and it really was good. Yeah, man. <laughs> good for you, Trevor. You're so brave, dude. You're like a hero. <laughs> I like the McChickens with extra mayonnaise, but I can't bring myself to order extra mayonnaise because it just doesn't feel right coming out of the mouth. But I hope. I always hope. Ooh, I hope they put a little extra squirt on there. <laughs> and then every time I get a McChicken, I open it up and I go, wow. And there's a big old gob of mayonnaise in there. Yeah. Ooh, that's the nice, man. The one thing at McDonald's, if you're watching this, <laughs> the one thing I don't like about the Big Mac is that so much lettuce on there. And it always oh, love falls that, out. Man. Oh, There's yeah. so much wet lettuce. Uh-huh. And like, no matter how hard I try to keep it in the little box, it I, it always gets on me. That's the problem. Yeah, McDonald's, if you're out there, Mr. Mr. McDonald, yes. uh, the, the Irish-American burger founder, um, just do like a, like a circle. Like, you got to have some sort of genetic modification out there that can make circle lettuce, right? Yeah. You build a lettuce to be perfectly circular that can go on a Big Mac. You're not yeah. going to get it in Trevor's car. Yeah. They you build know? all the other ingredients to be perfectly circular. Why can't you do it with They lettuce? used to have circular bacon, but they have since gotten rid of it. On the Arch Deluxe, Sir? dude, we oh, have a show together called Past it. Foods That We Made. Dude, I forgot <laughs> about that show. It's been so it's long. It's been so long since we did that. Yeah, probably because it sucked. No, it was cool, man. We it should, was cool. It was, it's, you know, kind of tough. And then, like, you know, I don't know. We should do it again, though. We should. No, we should do McDonald's steak, steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Yeah. The problem is there's only so many, like, discontinued yeah. fast foods that would actually be, like, fun to recreate. Because there's mm. a reason a lot of them were discontinued because the food items sucked. Yeah, and also um, a thing that people don't realize about producing cooking shows is like so many people were like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. They'd be like, recreate the fruit and yogurt parfait. And it's like, that would just be us putting yogurt and fruit in a cup. Yeah. Dude, like, what do you mean recreate the fruit? <laughs> like, you have to find the right things. Like the Arch yeah. Deluxe had some Dijon black peppercorn steakhouse sauce that yeah. we can at least like make a meal out of and we can yeah. go into what it was probably like and how we can cook it. But like... It's like yeah. when people, uh, it, I'm not going to just start complaining about fancy. No, that's it, not what it, it is, it. but I'm going to absolutely do it. It's like <laughs> when you get people DMing you on Instagram that are like, tell Rhett and Link to do Will It Apple. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean to you? What do you mean Will It Apple? There's one thing that, well, Apple, it's called Apple. It didn't exist. What do you, okay, like, like I always want to like sit down to these people and just be like, game theory, game theory. Yeah. Philly cheesesteak, Will It Apple. What does that mean to you? Yeah. What does that mean to you? Tell me. You put it in the shape of apple. Yeah. <laughs> and so make... there's there's a lot of uh, unseen difficulties to yeah. actually making the content that people like don't see. Yeah. Right? You got to fill time with something to actually cook. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, they're people. They don't make the food. Oh, like, yeah, I, dude. I'm sure there's been so many times when I've watched a YouTube video. I'm like, why didn't they just do this this way? And <laughs> I do then, that like, with everything. Everything, yeah. I'm like, I do why that, like, just... why doesn't my cell phone work? And then if somebody actually asks me, why does your cell phone work? Tell me. I'd be like, whoa, I think it's like a spaceship, right? <laughs> and then there's like, there's like, like little a little ray signal. <laughs> and it goes up and then it goes back yeah. down to the other person. I literally don't know how anything works. <laughs> no, I don't know how anything At an ATM, works. like, where does the money come from? From. I don't know. Where, it's just always in there. Where does the money come from? Someone's like, got to go. How many money is in there? Somebody's got to like go in there and get it out, right? I mean, yeah, they open. It's like the it, the face of it opens, and there's like a stack. My mom works. Well, in the how bank. many? How many monies? Oh, uh, like lots of monies. Also, <laughs> sometimes sometimes <laughs> they'll right. stack they'll stack money in a, like wrongly. I was gonna say inappropriately. It's not inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> They put a 50 and 100 in there one time and I got 200 bucks instead of 60. What? That's our new scam. That's how we make Whoa. money. We just ha- Okay, so here's the pl- here's the play. What you do is you go to an ATM, you deposit you you withdraw money and then you deposit it and then you withdraw and deposit, withdraw and deposit. You just keep doing it over and over until again you until you it. get more money. Wait, but I, hold on. I already I already <laughs> got a uh, roulette scheme that I think is foolproof and I think I can make as much money as I want to on it. Okay, what's the scheme? So the scheme is in? first you got to start with I don't know, let's say at least like $20,000 in the bank. That's a good cushion, right? Okay. You, you go play roulette, you put $1,000 down on the table. Even if you lose that, then boom, you just got to double your bet to recoup that loss. Even if you lose that, hold on, then you redouble it and you're, you're betting $4,000. That'll recoup the loss plus an additional $4,000 or plus an additional $2,000. And then if you lose that, you just got to go to 8000 But the chances of you losing four times in a row, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what? That's something like uh, it's, it's It's 93 0.5% chance yeah. that you're not going to lose four times in a row. So Trevor, you have a 93% chance of at least doubling your money every single day. You come back, you do I, it every single day. What? Why doesn't this work? Am I just so stupid? I, I don't think, think this works. That that seems like a 
it seems like what a gambling problem is. Nah, man, it ain't a problem, man. It ain't a problem. I just need money, man. I just need, no. I just need 10 grand. Trevor, well, come wait, on, man. So Give me some money, man. You got table, podcast money, man. But on a roulette table, it's not a direct 50-50 chance. Sure, yeah. The green spaces. I knew you were going to bring up the green spaces. Yeah. Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer to that, Trevor. It's never going to happen. <laughs> that is one thing, uh, since Josh has encouraged uh, bad gambling, I will mm. say the odds are always against you in a casino. I think the most even odds in a casino, and this is what I actually do, I, I don't gamble just because... I'm always afraid of doing the wrong thing wrongly. Yeah. Like when I was in New York, I was literally afraid to hail a cab because I thought a cabbie would be like, that's not how you do it, idiot. <laughs> and like, like you didn't make the right hand motion, dummy. And so I, I literally just like walked everywhere because I was afraid I just, you know, someone would laugh at me yeah. on the street. It's like me sitting down at a blackjack table. Like, I don't know what it means to split. I don't know what it means to double down. I'm afraid of like, you know, hitting when I have 16 and like a, you know, dude just going like, <laughs> And I'm like, no, I'm vulnerable. And so what I do, what I do at a casino is I'll take $20, I'll go to a slot machine, and I'll pull it once every five minutes until a server comes around and gives me a free drink. (laughs) And then I just keep repeating the process. So, like, I get, you know, half an hour of entertainment. I get, you know, free drinks, breaking even. Yeah. Playing the Willy Wonka slot machine, absolutely blotto. Um, off free drinks, and it's a great time, <laughs> dude. Wait, aren't we gonna accidentally be in Vegas at the same time? Yeah, I think we are. Months? I think we are. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I went to. I, I did go to, to Vegas once. Um, the only time I went like really clubbing, and it involved just like someone broke a nose, chipped a tooth, had to go to the ER. Another person pooped their pants. Um, someone was on the toilet throwing up, and yeah. somebody broke their foot. That's a lot. Um, yeah, and so it wasn't great. No, that doesn't sound that great. No, no the person who who broke their nose, it was, um, I don't want to say it was my fault, but they were vomiting all over themselves yeah. in a bed, and so I, I picked them up to try and take them to the bathroom, and they're covered in vomit, and so they just wriggle and physically like slip out of my arms like a lubed up porpoise, yeah. but it's all vomit, you see, yeah. uh, and just go boom, face first onto the hard tile oh. floor. Oh. I hear, I hear... Tink, tink, tink. And I was like, what is that noise? And I look, and it's just a tooth scattering across. Oh, Um, man. So that was a good time. Let's run it back, Trevor. Just me and you, buddy. Come on. Let's get bottle service. Pump up the jams. (laughs) I um, I actually didn't know that the drinks that they walk around with at the casino were free. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. No, yeah, you tip. But I remember I went to, um, I was playing poker, actually. I was just playing, like, Texas Hold'em just because I wanted to play poker. And the lady comes by and asks me if I want anything to drink. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just have like a black coffee because it was in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she brings me the black coffee. And I was like, how much do I owe you? And it was like that situation with the cab driver where I felt yeah. like such an idiot. Because she's like, oh, you don't owe me anything. I was like, Aww. biggest fear, <laughs> black coffee for free? <laughs> like it was the most expensive. I was like, oh, my God. This is the height of luxury. <laughs> and this, I think, should be a legit casino game is Papa Shot. The basketball, the mini basketball hoop where yeah. you, you flick the basketballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but but bless you, Excuse God me. bless you. Excuse me, sorry. God bless you, Trevor. Thank you. And they, <laughs> but you had to like put money into it to still play it. Yeah. Um, but that is a game that I think I could, I could rain man that into millions of dollars. How do you win money though? Like what's the... I haven't figured out the rules quite yet, Trevor. <laughs> All I know is uh, I have fucking virtuosic performances on that game. I anytime <laughs> yeah. there's only one anytime I see a Papa Shot machine, I have to get the high score on it before I leave and I will put really? any amount of time, money, emotional energy into that. I will alienate any relationship I've ever had to beat the score on a Papa Shot machine and the only place I cannot beat it Barney's Beanery West Hollywood because wow. there's like a really famous uh he's I think a dishwasher maybe or a bus a, a busser. Yeah who is incredibly good at that game, he's gone on like Jimmy Kimmel, I think, what? to do Papa Shot um, from Barney's Beanie Rats Hollywood. And so that's the only person that I can't beat. So he's like my nemesis. Like he is <laughs> he is the, um, what's what's the dude's name from uh, Trojan War? What? Not Trojan War. Uh, the Achilles? Prince, the prince. No, the prince. Not Achilles. Uh, Eric Bana played him. Oh, Hector. Yeah, he's the, he's the Hector in my Achilles. Okay. There it is. Thank wow. you, Jamie. Yeah. I, I love um, that movie. Hector! <laughs> so good, man. Brad Pitt Brad... didn't even want to do that movie, which I'm like, really? Why? Uh, that, that, that Troy was universally critically panned, and it's it's one of my top three movies of all time. You guys can yeah. talk about it for a bit if you I've seen the movie, so if you wanted to talk more about it. Wait, have you it, not seen it? No, I don't think so. Dude, what? that'd be you a good... finally have not seen a movie? Yeah, apparently. What? But that movie specifically? Troy? Troy. No. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Dude, Eric Bana, Orlando Bloom, Brad Pitt... 
My God, oh, Trevor, you are missing it. What? It's like it, everyone's just like sexy and muscly and stabbing each when did other. It come out? I mean, at the peak of movies, right? Like 2005? <laughs> was when 2004. It moves, 2004. Very close. Wow. There we go. Well, peaked. hold on. Let me, let me look. Where does it stream? Philo. Uh, but that's it, a bit on the nose. Philo for a Greek movie? <laughs> that's a bit on the nose. Is that just a Greek movie streaming service called Philo? I don't know what Philo Join is. Join <laughs> to get all your Greek movies. <laughs> it's funny because on this show, normally I have like younger, like Gen Z people on. And so I like, like to think of myself as pretty. Yeah, Josh is old. Am everyone. I at least the oldest guest on the show? Uh, maybe. Ruling? Maybe. 30 Flirty and Thriving. Do you even know where that's from? Mm. Oh, no you way. way! Oh my God, Trevor! What is it? How does he even exist in the world? I don't know. Wait, what is it? Maybe I just don't remember. Bro, Jennifer Garner, Andy Serkis, uh, thirteen going on thirty. Played uh, Judy Greer. You, oh my God! What okay, you're gonna go. You're gonna. Go. <laughs> you have never seen that. That's technically in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, I haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> Mark sorry. Ruffalo, man. Mark Ruffalo, my God. I'm sorry. Normally, I'm the one. Do you that's know seen the plot the... to Thirteen Going on Thirty? No. Oh my God! Is it similar to Seventeen again with uh, Zach no, Efron? No, it's not even close. No. And it's not so much close. better. So much better. But a thirteen-year-old who magically becomes thirty, flirty, and thriving because she wishes for it on her thirteenth birthday when the group of mean girls, also called the Six Chicks. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry to sorry to us, usurp your show. No, no, that's okay. I'm glad because I like I was going to say is normally like when we have younger people on, I like to consider myself like I have okay movie knowledge. Mm -hmm. I've seen lots of movies, and there's a lot of times that people don't know the movies that I'm talking about. And now the script has been flipped, and I feel like a fool. Yeah, no, you are. Well, one of my fears is that children these days aren't watching movies. Yeah, and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, no, but like this is an actual fear of mine, especially coming from the line of work that we're in, is that pop culture is getting so and so fractured yeah. that people aren't going to have similar common reference points like ever anymore. Oh. Because people are so just like, you know, you're you're watching TikToks and people have their own in-group so they can reference certain TikToks that they've seen, but it's not the same as having like the one blockbuster cultural touchstone. Yeah. And like we deal in cultural touchstones in a sense, right? Like that's yeah. our currency. Yeah. Is being able to be most relatable to a wide amount of people or yeah. at least, you know, a somewhat wide amount of people um, who are very ingrained in our lives and content and all yeah. that. And as like content just fractures more and more and more, it feels like audiences are just going to get more and more secluded. Yeah, and you segmented, know? yeah. Yeah, and that freaks me out, dude. The content apocalypse. Yeah. What do you, um, I, well, I, here's a question yeah. that I actually don't know if I've ever asked you. How long do you want to be a content creator? I, to me, there is, one, I never wanted to be a content creator. Yeah. Like, I love doing it now, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, and I didn't consider being a journalist a content creator, right? Yeah. Like, the term content creator, how old is that term, even et etymologically? Yeah, not super old. Probably, like, 2015, 24, I would say, in, like, the early days of when that was kind of being classified as, like... Because yeah. you, you used to just call them YouTubers. Yeah. It was before there was, like, all these... You know, and you used had... to not call YouTubers YouTubers because YouTube only started in 05 and the term YouTuber probably didn't start until like 2012 and people are actually making money off of it. Yeah. So even the term YouTuber had a very short shelf life and now it's content creator because anybody on YouTube realized that they need to move audiences elsewhere to continue yeah. to make money. Yeah. Um, and we used to call people like that like entertainers. Yeah. You know, for a living, <laughs> they would they would do events and yeah. they do television and they'd sell tickets to stuff. Yeah. You know, they do commercials yeah. uh, and now everything's just, you know, so sort of different. And so I never wanted to be a content creator. I'd sort of stumbled into this job and was like, let's try something new. Yeah. And now I really love it, but I don't feel like I I don't feel like native to it. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Like yeah. I'm not one of those people who's like all I ever wanted is to bring joy to people through my entertainment. It's like, yeah. all I ever wanted was to escape poverty yeah. and to live comfortably. Yeah. Like, that's all I ever wanted. And I love what I do now and I love connecting with people and that's something I never want to take for granted. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know if I feel a sense of like duty to, to the audience, but yeah. I definitely feel something a little bit paternalistic, right? Yeah. Um, you know, unlike Charles Barkley, people <laughs> do view you as a role model and you have to take that somewhat seriously, Yeah. you know? Um, and so I don't think it's something where I'd ever just like, duck away and escape but also i never want to be one of those people who watches their star fall and fall and fall and all they do because they haven't figured out the other things that bring them a sense of identity and joy in life yeah all they do is claw and scratch yeah. and claw and scratch 
beating back against the algorithm like boats against the tide. Yeah. Trying to recoup any amount of identity um, yeah. and failing at it. And that, wow, dude, that's like a, that's like an ancient Greek torture. Yeah. You know, like a Sisyphus rolling a ball up a hill, just you yeah. just beating against the algorithm, you know, like a brick to the face. Yeah. Oh, man. That sounds awful. So anyways, uh, 11 years. <laughs> 11 years? Yeah, man, that sounds nice. 11 more years, 41, you're going to hang it up? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean who knows where uh, where the media industry will be by that point? Dude, I have no idea, man. It Honestly, the oversaturation of content these days, it, like, scares me. We're, we're, we're doing it right now, Trevor. Yeah. This is content. We're in the Matrix, dude. I know we're in the Matrix. This is crazy. I'm just, like, thankful that there are things that I love other than doing this, like What, you what said. is it? Like, what is, what is the thing that brings you the most joy outside of like this job or outside of consuming any media. Outs- what would you be doing? All media disappears. Where are you? How's Trevor feeling his day? All media disappears. I convinced my dad to give me money to open my own bakery in Meridian, Idaho, down the road from his cigar shop. And then I bake pastries and bread and smoke cigars with my dad. And I'm making your hams. Woo! It's not a euphemism. I mean, I I would... We're going to open it. Josh and I have a fallback plan. If everything ever goes to crap, Mm -hmm. we're going to move to Idaho and we're going to open up a cured meat sandwich shop. Yeah. 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 Because I, one of my favorite little idealistic uh, ideas, you have the people who are like, I'm going to open up a small bakery. Yeah. I think all anybody ever wants is a constant struggle. Yeah. That's what it is, right? You see a lot of people, (laughs) I think about this a lot. No, hold on. For real. Humans who have no... Struggle and conflict will just invent them. Yeah. Think about how many rich people mm-hmm. have like the dumbest problems, yep. right? My kid isn't getting into the right Ivy League school, and then Muffy down at the country club won't think that I'm. <laughs> you have no problems <laughs> in the entire fucking world. You've just made things up because humans, we want conflict. Yeah. A life without conflict is boring. Yeah. That said, if you can control the conflict, to be something like, ooh, I need to figure out the right salt percentage to put on my ham. Yeah. That's what I want. If, if all content media blows up tomorrow, then I just want to spend the next, let's say I'll live to be 61. That'd be a pretty good thing yeah. for me, given my family history. Yeah. Say I live to 61, I spent the next 30 years of my life just trying to figure out how to make the world's best ham. Yeah. Every single day you wake up, you got something to work on. I'm doing CrossFit and ham. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy with that, honestly, cuz I mean, there is something so peaceful about just like baking bread. Like I I worked in a bakery, you know this, and I made croissants every day. And while that wasn't like it did get repetitive, mm. but it, there was always something so relaxing. Like it just became muscle memory and every time I was at work, like especially on like slower days, when I could just chill and just make dough and make bread and make croissants, like it was zen, dude. I was oh, like yeah. in my happy place. Like I wasn't stressed. I wasn't even thinking about what I was doing. I was just sheeting dough, feeling it, and I was so good at it. Uh, That's but, the other thing is being good at it, man. That feels good. Yeah. Doing stuff you're good at. Yeah. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. We could join a city league basketball team too. Just clean up in Meridian, Idaho. Oh my God. I played in a city league there. It's easy pickings for us. <laughs> easy pickings. I'm down. I haven't shot a ball in like three years. I got to... Is that a story we should bring up? The one time we played basketball together with my brother? Yeah, yeah, that oh, was hilarious. utter domination by this guy. Oh, playing bully ball. Yeah. Just, just body checking Trevor yeah, onto well, the next court. Questionable, questionable. Josh, <laughs> Josh, myself, and his brother John went mm. to a park outdoors to play basketball. I don't even remember what day it, it was. It was very windy. It was so windy. It was so windy. You couldn't Eliminate the jump shot out of anyone's game, which is great <laughs> for me. That's the only reason that Josh Bars dominated is because I'm sitting up there at the top of the key and I'm putting up a shot and it's just gliding yeah. three feet to the left every time playing the elements yeah playing the elements <laughs> it was painful anyway we were gonna join a basketball team we were gonna yeah. join a basketball league and then covid happened oh covid Ugh. wait i want to talk about media stuff more the, the idea yeah. that like doing a repetitive task is very very fulfilling as long as it's something you are good at and yeah. you enjoy. The job that we have right now is literally the opposite of that. Yeah. Where you have to come up with new ideas 
And not only new ideas, you have to come up with new, better ideas. Because yeah. the way YouTube algorithm works is that it's just constantly escalating. Yeah. So if you come up with a good idea and then a little bit worse of an idea after that, you're losing. Yeah. Even if that is also a good idea. So you just have to constantly escalate and you're coming up with new things yeah. every single day. We release four videos a week, including YouTube shorts. Yeah. Um, I'm Mythical Kitchen. You got your podcast once a week. Nicole and I have our podcast <sighs> once a week. Yeah, it's a lot. Why are we doing it? Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I feel like it's a different kind. Like if you're thinking about it from a food sense or a content sense, yes, you're coming up with something new all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think where the repetitive thing comes in and the talent thing comes in is our personalities. Yeah. And like what we present to people and how we show up on camera. I think that's the fun thing for me Mm. about it is like when we're on camera, no matter what we're making or if it's a podcast, if it's a cooking video, whatever, if it's me doing a stupid character on GMM, being able to be in that moment and have like a funny thing that you say or do something well yeah. on camera or present yourself and just feel confident. Like, yeah, I did great. Like mm. that was a great, that's going to be a great video. I think that's like the fun part about it for me where I feel like the talent gets to like show through. Um, but yeah, coming up with new foods that have never been made ever before <laughs> every day is awful. Yeah. It's, oh man, it's, it's nerve wracking. It's Incredibly. terrible, man. And it's every like, single time you sit down to think of a new idea, that little thought creeps into your head of, Today's the day where the ideas stop coming. Yeah. Right? Every single time. Yeah. You sit down. And then magically we're like, oh, and here's a you know, 15 new TikToks that we put out. And yeah. I am uh shirtless with a life-size camera costume clicking tongs as if I'm some sort of Instagram demon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and the sausage gets made. Yeah. I mean, but if you look at it like the people that were probably on like the cutting edge of the TV and film industry, like in the nineties, early two thousands, they probably thought the same thing. No, they didn't. No, no stark difference. That's something that I fully disagree with. Really? You think that they were like, there's a billion ideas out there for shows and movies and we can, we're never going to run out of things. Not necessarily that, but the pace at which anything was produced and put into the world was so much slower. Yeah. I think about this a lot when I was writing, right? I started journalism when any person under 25 years old, they're just like, figure out the internet, young and yeah. And then it would be like, okay, well, uh, I need three blog posts a day. And so I could never actually focus on like one good thing. And then people would be like, when Jonathan Gold was writing in the 90s, it's like Jonathan Gold was getting paid a living wage to write one story per week. Jonathan Gold, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, only Pulitzer winning food writer ever, personal hero of mine, yeah. um, LA legend. Uh, he had to write one article per week. And yeah. people bought newspapers. They spent money on media, you know? Um, and so, no, I think people work in this industry in the 90s they just didn't have to come up with as many ideas because they weren't putting out five videos a week. On the flip side, there's a lot of people who I see talking on Twitter and they'll be like, if I worked in TV in the 90s, I'd be making so much money and I'd blah, blah, blah. They talk about Carrie Bradshaw and Sex and the City. They're like, she was making this much money. If I was a magazine columnist then, I'd be blah. It's like, but you wouldn't be a magazine columnist then because back then there was like, four of those positions available and now there's 400 yeah we've like supplied ourselves into the ground we've all collectively raced to the bottom because we decided that like it's important to have a fun job yeah you know yeah and so like that has literally just dropped the value of it like there shouldn't be this many videos out there yeah there's simply too many there are there's simply too many well now i'm depressed not this one though this one's the one important one yeah click the bell yeah, I remember when we announced this podcast and somebody like I think replied to tweet and they're like, oh, great. Another podcast. And I was like, huh? yeah, you're, right. <laughs> you're right, I guess. But hey, if this podcast can make like, you know, a few people happy, then that's yeah. cool. And it's fun to do. And I think that's one of the, you know, positive sides of like media and stuff continuing to fracture and segment is that you're getting deeper connections with people. Yeah. Like the amount of messages that I'm sure we've we've both gotten from from fans who are just like hey, this has meant so much to me. I was in a really dark place. This dragged me out of a depression. I watched you make a peanut butter and jelly chicken sandwich and put smuckers on your nipples or whatever I do during our normal cooking show. Uh, That was the reason that I got out of bed this morning. Yeah. Right? And people, you know, network TV writers don't have that. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't think someone's like, hey, this one line on NCIS (laughs) tonight... That I instinctively knew was written by you, one of 16 people in the writer's room. <laughs> when Queen Latifah delivered that in 911, which I've heard is a good show. I'm not digging on that show, and I love Queen Latifah. Um, you know what I mean? They don't yeah. have those connections with people, no, so it's, you're right. it's cool to have that. I mean, I remember being young and growing up like in high school when I first started struggling with depression and having those same things. Mm. Like There were people that like when I was... 
holed up in my room and felt like I couldn't get out of bed and all I wanted to do was just stay isolated in my room. There were people that I watched, like YouTubers, content creators that I watched and it, it never was a TV show. It never was a movie. Yeah. I didn't in my comfort movies where I'm like, oh, I just can't wait to watch Russell Crowe again in Gladiator. Like, I'm going to feel so good after this. It's like, I watched, you know, YouTube videos. I watched yeah. Twitch streams and I watched that because it was like, it was, it was a sense of connection. Um, kind of that like weird parasocial relationship. Even though mm. I, I wasn't like weird, like I wasn't like, oh my God, this person's my friend, but it was nice to have like, just a little bit more intimate of a connection yeah. and know that this is like a real person that plays RuneScape, a game that I also play. And I can type a message in chat and be like, yo, I like your streams, man. Mm -hmm. And he'll be like, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like, it was just those little things. And I think that that's something that I really love. And when I started to be able to do this job and 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 have those interactions and have that personal connection kind of um, to the fans, it was something that really made me happy because I remember needing that when I was yeah. young and needing those connections. And so it's cool to be able to do it now. So you're talking about like, you know, there are people, there are content creators who have been like a great comfort to you and yeah. we've been great comforts to people. But do you think that that relationship are two sides of the same coin? Do you think like the thing that is making people depressed is also the thing? And I don't want to be flipping about chemical depression here, clinical yeah. depression, whatever people call it. Yeah. I know it's an issue of brain chemistry, but like if you see, you know, rates seem to be going up, people seem to be sadder yeah. and rates of depression have, have risen and I mean, I think it would be ridiculous to not look at social media as at least part of the reason why, right? Oh, is that social, a controversial thing? No, I don't think it is, right? Social. I was gonna say actually before you even brought up social media, I was gonna say the like YouTube and Twitch because those are the two main things mm -hmm. I would say that when I first started struggling with depression that were the things that I looked to. Um, those are great, you know, having something to distract you, having like a real person there that you can feel that kind of connection with. But social media is so toxic. Yeah, brain it is, poison. It is literally poisoning brains. And like, it's been something that like, I've had to back up from because- Yeah, same, 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 same. Way back in the day when I was in high school and I had like 300 followers on Instagram and I did barely use Twitter. Like, it wasn't that bad. It was whatever. Like, I still would have those moments where I was like, oh man, I wish I had more followers. <laughs> but like, I didn't really care. Yeah. And when I started working here and when I first started getting like uh, more followers, it was something that I was- very stressed out about and I was like yeah. I the way that people perceive me on social media is everything sure. and I need people to approve of me on Instagram and Twitter I need people to think I'm hot and funny and I always have to be doing things that continue to make people think mm. I'm hot and funny and I would get anxious if I didn't post something I would literally yeah. sit in my room and I'd be like you got to think of something funny to tweet. You have to like take pictures or something to post on Instagram. Otherwise people are going to forget what you look like and not care about you. Yeah. And I have just, I'm thankful that I realized it because it is so toxic and I've definitely mm -hmm. like taken a step back from that and been like, I don't care. Like I, I scroll on Twitter now and I scroll on Instagram, but I don't like worry about posting yeah. things, but it is so toxic and it is so bad for like your mental health to just constantly be on social media. Are you familiar with the Arab spring, Trevor? No, <laughs> I believe it was in Tunisia where a man named Mohammed Bouazizi uh, self-immolated. He was a street, he was a, a fruit cart okay. worker and to protest repressive Tunisian policies, lit himself on fire in protest, launched a just firestorm of protests all across Middle East and North Africa. I believe like eight autocrats were ousted at the time. This is uh, Mubarak, Gaddafi, wow. a lot of these people. And of course, from our like very American view, we're all like, yeah, good thing. And a lot of people were um, organizing on social media about it. Yeah. And so all of the discourse at the time was like, wow, social media is a tool for societal good. Everybody can organize and do great things. And then like 2016 happens, you know, and we're all yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah. And so to me, that's why I ask about the like two sides of the same coin, right? If it can be used to gather people together for good, yeah. it can be used to gather people together for bad. And yeah. So if you're getting comfort from it, there's also a chance that it's, you know, the thing that could be causing your discomfort. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing that like freaks me out. No. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with the things that get attention on social mm -hmm. media and YouTube in general. It, the things that are always going to be at the forefront are the most negative things because yeah. that's what's going to cause people. If it bleeds, it leads. Goes back yeah. to 90s news media, baby. Yeah. It's going to be the things that cause people to scroll more. That's mm -hmm. what they want people like. Any any social media site is in the algorithm is written to keep you on it as long as possible. Yeah. That's why when you post a YouTube link on Twitter, Twitter buries the tweet because they're like, we don't want people leaving our site. Mm. And everything 
that keeps people on the site is like 90% negative. Like you don't see good things tre- like, oh my God, this is such a great thing yeah. trending because it's like, oh, that's cool. You read about it once. But like, you know, when you see something really awful and negative going on, everybody's going to be tweeting about it and you're just going to keep scrolling and keep scrolling and keep scrolling. And so 90% of the things that you consume on social media are just really terrible to dwell on and think about. Yeah. 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 The only goal of any living thing is to survive. Yeah. Right. And so uh, the only goal, this sounds insane. Like I'm talking about Twitter as a living being, but the goal of Twitter is to keep being Twitter. Yeah. The goal of every single person working for Twitter is for Twitter to keep being Twitter and it will do anything that it needs to, to keep existing. Yeah. Right. And so if they make a decision like, um, oh, we're going to ban Trump, it's not because of some sort of uh, moral altruism. It's because they want to keep being Twitter. And if yeah. enough people leave Twitter because they're complaining that Trump is still on there, yeah. then it's going to stop being Twitter. So like the only goal of anything is survival. Yeah. And it's just going to keep escalating the things good or bad. Yeah. That allow it to exist. Also, this is funny because it also works in the same way with pictures of women and not a lot of clothes. Yeah. The Twitter algorithm mm-hmm. knows that people will click on photos of scantily clad women not that that's a bad thing post no, whatever we're, you want we're on sex twitter positive on yeah. trevor talks too much no yeah post whatever you want but twitter knows that people like that and so what 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 and much to their credit what female influencers on twitter have figured out is that if they type in buzzwords over their picture it will get suggested and i i just oh that's why that's happening yeah so literally it what it'll be is and you can do it's so funny because you can just type if you post a picture of yourself and then you type i need an anime or i need like a gamer bf to chill and watch anime with it will show up under suggested tweets for gaming and anime even though it has nothing to do with either it shows up or it's like i need uh someone to play valorant with or league of legends Mm -hmm. with it'll show up under valorant or league of legends and it's so funny because you'll just scroll and scroll and scroll and you'll have like all these suggested topics and it's all just pictures of hot girls. And you know why, Trevor? You know why? Because you know what those hot girls are trying to do? What? Survive. Yeah. <laughs> the only goal, yeah. Trevor, is survival. Yeah. That's and all like, there is. Much to their credit that they figured it out that they could Agreed. game the algorithm like that and like post what you want. But it's just so funny because the Twitter algorithm is literally just geared to how can we keep people on the site as long as possible and keep scrolling and interacting with tweets. My version of that is a little bit more niche, but it's these accounts that I probably started following on Instagram like six, seven years ago. Yeah. They'll be like track and field world, runner space, whatever, you know, like yeah. random track pages that would post track results and pictures of track athletes and I go, hey, cool, Usain Bolt is out there. Yeah. But it all started, I, I would trace it back to pole vaulter Allison Stocky, who won very talented pole vaulter. Yeah. Newport Harbor, pole vaults at a cow, had a pro pro run. She was also just incredibly gorgeous. And there yeah. was a photo of her that went super, super viral of her just looking hot with a pole. Yeah. She's very athletic. Pole vaulters are very lean and toned. Yeah. Uh they probably posted a picture of Allison Stocky. Yeah. And so they just gradually, it's literally Darwinian, right? The way yeah. that it happens. And now it's literally just like softcore porn. It'll just be like a girl in like a thong and like a push-up bra on like a tennis court. Yeah. And it's like track and field news. And it's like, <laughs> I know exactly how you got here, but this has nothing yeah. to do with track. Dude, underboob chef. Underboob chef. Oh under my God. chef. Let's go. Oh my God. Underboob chef. Tell them about underboob chef. Yeah, okay. So one time we were, I don't even remember what we were trying to find a recipe for. We're trying to find like a traditional Vietnamese recipe for something. We were trying to find a Vietnamese recipe. And so we look up a video of how to make it and we find this Vietnamese video. And it's just a Vietnamese lady on YouTube with like a shirt and no bra. And it's literally so much underboob. I'm pretty sure Nip slipped out at one point during the video and she's just cooking (laughs) a great Vietnamese dish. We were looking for like, it was like boon cha recipe. And we typed that on YouTube. And the one that looked like the food that we were looking to find was just like, sexy lady no bra boon cha recipe and i was like yeah. listen this just looks like the best boon cha recipe and we need to watch it and it had the most views and i thought the sexy lady maybe was just like an attractive woman i thought maybe it was a mistranslation from vietnamese to english and no. i thought it was just you know maybe a nice woman's making boon cha and she is i'm sure yeah she's more than her underboob but and it was a great just recipe nips out dude nips out making boon cha yeah but it was a great recipe great, great recipe man yeah, she makes good traditional boobs food. out and i was like that's i again i commend you i commend you you've you've figured it out it took us 2,022 years to figure out that people like to see boobs. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> gradually dialing in the efficiency more and yeah. more, but then to make it 
stupid. You would think that like things would get smarter as they figure out to make things more efficient, but no, yeah. no. it just realizes that we're all just idiot lizard brains. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I, I needed to know how to make these noodles, yeah. but I want to see boobage. Yeah. And so you see the boobage and the nudes. We're troglodytes. And we're, we're troglodytes. Yeah. Everybody's utterly stupid and just a uh, victim to their own messed up thoughts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fun podcast. You guys want to play a game? I would love to play a game, but can you say it like the Joker does in uh, <laughs> Batman? I, I do a better, I need to lead up to that one because I do yeah. a good Joker impression, but I got to hit warm, the- Warm up, okay. do whatever you need to do. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. I like that. <clears throat> one night he went off a little crazier than usual. My mom came at him with a knife. Oh, he didn't like that. Not one Bit. I forgot to lick my lips. That's what it's all about. You gotta lick your lips a lot. Do you want me to do a Batman? Yeah. Where's he? Where's he? Where's he? Where's Rachel? Swear to me. <laughs> Did Batman like canonically do that? Like I, have that, or it was Christian Bale? It's like this is what I'm gonna do. And damn, if you try and stop me. Uh, well, I think Batman is originally from a comic book. So, I've heard of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can't really hear Well, no, but it was, well, did they have a parenthetical that was like, in a gruff, gravelly, distorted I, voice? I think it was as a way to disguise his identity. Because, you know, he has a mask on, but also disguise his voice Watching the movies, it is incredibly distracting. Yeah. Um, so Jamie worked very hard on this game, and I'm actually really <laughs> excited to play it. It's called Do You Know Your Bro? Whoa, we're the you're bro my bros. bros. We're bros. Yeah, we're bros. Nice, um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to grab these Yes, you can grab, paper. grab the paper and the, the pens. The pens. <coughs> Use and, the bold side, please. Yeah, and Jamie's going to ask us questions about each other that we have to answer, and we're going to see if we know each other well. It's like the newlywed game, except we're not married. Yet. Yet. We're going to start out with the Josh round. So okay. Trevor, I will be asking questions that hopefully you know about Josh. The thing is about okay. this game is that they're not all factual. Some of these are very subjective. So oh, okay. some of the good, answers good. could be that. hard to, uh, yeah. potentially. So okay. they're kind of interspliced. All right, Trevor. So first question. Okay. What was written on your mug on your first day in the office that Josh said cannot come back to the office? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, I don't so, also write. No, you write because you have to see if your answers match. Write it. Okay, how do I hide it from Trevor? Just don't look at each other. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got it. All right, ready? Reveal. Senpai in the streets, hentai in the sheets. That's right. Yeah, Trevor brought a <laughs> hentai themed mug. Everyone was like, "Hey, do you have any concerns hiring a twenty year old um, for this job?" And I said, "No, not at all. I, you know, he seems like a very mature young man." And then uh, comes in, and it's like probably like, it's his first. I remember being your first week. Yeah, he had a mug that said "Senpai in the streets, hentai in the sheets." Yeah. And I, was there anything graphic on it? No, it was just words. There wasn't like hentai titties on I it. I feel like there may have been hentai titties. There I don't know. <laughs> I can show you a photo of the mug. It is a plain white mug with those words written on it. Not even like any weird yeah. faces. It is only words. Yeah, and uh, one of the weird things about the <laughs> dynamic is that technically I'm Trevor's boss in yeah. the Mythical Kitchen sense. Yeah. I think, do I approve your time off? Uh, is that a thing I that think I do? Nicole might have you do ever it logged now? it even? I don't know if I've logged time off. I, I log my time off, ever. but I think Nicole approves it because okay, you've got a lot cool. going on. Yeah, it's a lot going yeah. on. But anyway, so like, you know, this is like Trevor yeah. was like our second hire is literally like Nicole, then Trevor, and we started filling out the team. Um, and I'm like, you know, okay, Josh, like new phase in your life and manage people. You gotta like, you know, be friends with them, but also understand there's gonna be some boundaries, you know, and yeah. like things. And then I just see senpai in the streets, hentai in the sheets. I just remember saying, Trevor, that mug is hilarious. Please never bring that to the office ever. <laughs> and then you showed up with the uh, Bigfoot is real and you tried to eat my ass hat. And I was like, that's acceptable. <laughs> we are a pro-analingus company. Yeah. Because it's gender it's gender neutral. Yeah, Everybody has a butthole. Yeah. Every butthole can be eaten. You know, it's actually funny. Now that you bring that up, I don't. It's funny that you are okay with the hat and me wearing that on camera, but not the mug. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to try and break that down too much. Yeah, no, probably but, shouldn't. Um, I only wear yeah, the hat yeah. occasionally. All right, next question. All right, next question. This one is um, subjective. Okay. And then, so this one, I'm going to have Trevor reveal first and then see if it matches Josh's uh -uh. answer. Okay. If Josh was giving a TED Talk, what would it be about? Oh, God, that's hard. That's hard because Josh, you your first instinct is to go something silly, but I think it would actually be serious. Uh, Let's see how well you know your bro. I got my answer. This is something I've well, not necessarily a TED talk. This is actually a book that I want to write. This is a book that I want to write. I think I missed it, but I think this is something that is. All right, um, all right, Trevor. What is your answer? I put racism in food media. 
Oh, the, here's the thing about that is I would not, I would gladly like uh, help produce and consult as a white yeah. dude. Don't know if I should be uh, the face of racism no, in food media. Yeah. But I do, I do talk about that a lot and yeah. think about that a lot and try and be efficacious yeah. about the way I interact. I would just do how the internet has shaped the way that we eat in okay. ways that people don't expect. Okay. Uh, okay. This is the thing I think about all the time. Uh, my entire career has been on the internet in food media. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of absolutely insane stories that people don't understand. For instance, like one goop post, Gwyneth Paltrow site from a man who claims he speaks to angels okay. caused a global celery shortage and caused, and caused the uh, prices of it to almost triple. You know, like stuff wow. like that is crazy. There were feta shortages after the uh, TikTok video of the baked feta yeah. um, and stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's fascinating. That is very interesting. That would yeah. be a fun one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So, that's so good. far it's one's one. You get one that point. That was a toughie, though. And that was that like pretty cool. you know, yeah, I yeah. might give you a half a point for that because it was both about I, I food, serious food topics. Food, food media related, but yeah. on a more serious note. And I just know that, yeah, that's something that we've talked about in the past and how god awful food media is when it yeah. comes to that stuff. Next one. Okay. What is Josh's favorite cocktail of all time? Oh, wow. Dude, you better know this. Oh, my God. Do you not know this? Do I talk about it all the time? I know you do. I've like made you, you one. I know you do. I've made you one. You've made me one? I think I made you one when you came over to, you came over that one time, right? We had like a little like potluck where we got a ton of, um, a ton of Connie seafood yeah. on, on my apartment building rooftop. Well, cause this is tough because there's also Josh's, like, cause there's Josh's favorite cocktail, but then we've also had lots of conversations about what's the classiest cocktail that you can order mm. or like, what's a good cocktail to order at a bar when you want to seem like you're like, no, yeah, also bit. I've said so many things in my life. Yeah. You oh, said so much. My God. Okay. I have it. I think. Okay. Reveal Trevor. Black Manhattan slash old fashioned. Oh no. Hold on. But that is Black Manhattan's number two, but it is the penicillin. penicillin. That's Fudge, right. Man. That was the answer I was looking for. I yeah, I yeah. known. God dang it. Mm -hmm. All, right. All right. One more for Josh and then we're switching to Trevor. Okay. This one is also subjective. Okay. What would be the name of Josh's deathcore band? Ooh. Oh, God. Something like really. I, I, have, an, I have an idea. It's, uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a pun and doesn't necessarily follow the musical genre exactly. Because oh. there's like a lot of deathcore bands that are just like decapitated corpse, you know, like festering wounds. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't go that way. Okay, right. well, mine's Trevor. wrong then, big time. I went with God's severed big toe. That's good. That's a good one, though. That's, I, like that. I went with Thrash Raccoon. Oh, Thrash Raccoon. <laughs> thrash Dang. Raccoon, and we're here to melt your face off. You know? Yeah. Something like Love that. Love it. Thrash Dang. Raccoon. Man, I'd watch Thrash, thrash raccoon. raccoon. That'd That's be pretty good. cool. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Shoot. All right. Are awesome. we switching to Trevor we're now? switching to oh, Trevor. I hope I don't embarrass myself. Well, I didn't oh, do very geez. well. Ah, oh, jeez. It's okay. It's okay. This is going to be good. Okay. What was the name of the French bakery Trevor worked at before starting at Mythical. That is so easy. The first one that you got was easy too. Was it? Uh, there was yeah. like a there was like another I, I think it's just the There was like another restaurant attached to it though and that had a numerical name like it wasn't 187 cuz that's a police code for murder in the great Samuel Jackson movie based on the high school that my dad used to teach at. Dude, I don't even remember the name of the restaurant upstairs. It was, it was like 186 I think. Some, yeah, yeah, 186. All right, so Josh reveal first. I believe Dominique Ancel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the name of the bakery. He that is, is the, I believe, a former French special forces operative. He was a military guy, right? You know more about him than yeah. I do. <laughs> I just know he was an angry French man. And French French chefs are, uh, you know, brought up to hurt people, hurt people, yeah. Trevor. Yes. You know, brought up in a cycle of abuse and continue the cycle of abuse. Yeah. And it ain't cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's freaking cool. Stop doing the abuse. Yeah. All Bad. right. All right. Ready for the next next one. question. This one's subjective. Um, yeah. If there was a biopic about Trevor's life, who would he want cast to play himself? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I, mm, are, are we, we're not going age agnostic. We're going like for realsies, for realsies, who's playing Trev? Yeah. Great. Um, Man, I don't have a good answer. You know what? I'm just running with it. Okay. All right, Josh, reveal first. I said Gansel Melmore, the guy from Baby Driver. <laughs> Ansel oh. Elgort? What? <laughs> Gansel Melmore. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys... Eddie Redmayne. Can you not read? God, oh, son you, of a... That's who I was... You effing kidding me. That's why... Trevor, that's literally why I was asking if it was age agnostic. 
I don't. Man. Uh, what is age agnostic? What do you mean I'm by like that? I'm like, if, because uh, Eddie Redmayne <laughs> wouldn't play you because he's significantly older. Yeah, but he's not like. But I knew that because you dressed up as the Danish girl in, in <laughs> high school, and he was a Danish girl. Man. I don't know enough, like, younger people. That's why I said Gansel Melmort. <laughs> <laughs> He's young. Gansel Melmore. <laughs> you know, and he's like tall and I don't know. Yeah, he's got Shoot. too much of like a baby face, I think. He's yeah. got like a like a chubbier face, like a rounder face yeah, than yeah. I do. I was going to say Chalamet. I was going to say Chalamet. Timmy Chalamet. Oh, that Chalamet. Was, oh, that would have been a good one. one. Chalamet and Ding Dong. I mostly wanted to write down Gansel Melmore. Yeah, though, that's I always yeah. forget <laughs> how the letters and sounds are structured in that person's name. <laughs> Because Gansel Melmort and Ansel Elgort are equally appropriate names. Also, yes. I wouldn't want Gansel Melmort because I'm pretty sure he's kind of a piece of shit. Ah! So, I don't know, man. Yeah, Gansel Melmort. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, I'm right. going to fight him in the creator clash. <laughs> this one is very subjective and pretty stupid, but it's my favorite one. Okay. Why is Trevor on timeout? Why is Trevor? On timeout. Like, why would you put him on timeout? Oh, 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 I thought it was a riddle. Oh, no. Why is Trevor on timeout? Why is Trevor on timeout? Let me think. I why feel like that's something. On timeout. On timeout. I'm trying to think if there's anything that would actually be. Ah. Uh. Trevor, do you remember one time I like caught you doing something inappropriate at work? That sounds like you were Jeffrey Tubin at work. Not that. I just thought there was one time where like. I like walked in. You were supposed to be doing something. I'm just gonna write it down. <laughs> this is not the correct. The R's aren't gonna match at all. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I have no clue. All right, Josh right. goes first. I go first. Yeah. You're watching League instead of doing your damn work. Do you remember that you were supposed to be like ordering or like you're supposed to be doing receipts? You're supposed to be reconciling receipts, and you're up in the loft. And I just like walk up and like I slacked you like one minute before like hey you got those receipts and you're like oh yeah I'm doing it right now and I walk up and you're like reclined in a couch just watching a league stream and I sat there for like two minutes and then I just like Ahem, and you like and you like flip the laptop closed and like pull up the receipts thing it's like hey man what's up I don't remember that at all that's that's really funny though so yeah yeah that's you're something watching. that I would do I put burnt the bread. Oh, uh, no, that's just, that's something that's going to happen. Yeah. It's happened before, it'll happen again, I just man. think we've made jokes about if I have, like, let a bread sit in the oven for too long, it gets too crispy on the bottom of the side, it's like, oh, Trevor's on timeout, you burnt the bread. Um, no, that's, that's really, I don't remember that at all. That must have been, like, real, pretty early on into when I started that's working early, here, yeah. if I was up in the loft. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, this is definitely, like, pre-COVID. I mean, you only worked here for, like, what, four, three months before COVID yeah. hit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now is about the time when I start live streaming track and field in the office incessantly and I'll just bring it into meetings. And yeah. Sometimes I'll just put a stream on and like, l then like minimize the tab or just close it and do something else just to have like the, the noises in my ears. Cause it's like nice. I, I don't know. That. It's comforting I to have that. like something on in the background. Yeah. But that's funny. Yeah. Wow. What that's a terrible time out, employee man. I was. <laughs> Listen, oh, we've, we've all had our moments. We've all had our moments. But yeah. the good thing is now, Trevor, you're a great employee and you're a better friend. You're, yeah. you're a father, you're a brother, you're a son. You're a damn good podcast host. Oh, thank you. I mean that, man. It's been I incredible watching that. this. Uh, the Minx episode specifically, I mean, she really threw that oop up to you and you just jammed it down. Yeah. You know, she yeah. did a bulk of the work, but hey, you sealed out the lane properly and that's a basketball metaphor. Thank you for the basketball metaphor and thank you for coming on the show. I genuinely had such an amazing time. This is great. man. Everybody, go listen to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. Josh is on there with Nicole, uh -huh. who um, I think I'm going to be actually coming on your show at some point. We have Trevor on there to discuss... Other really deep topics. Yeah, other, such as? Uh, goldfish versus Cheez-Its. Yeah, goldfish versus Cheez-Its. We will start talking about global politics and clinical depression rates, though. Like, yeah. it just comes up naturally. That's just a thing on Hot Dog, is they start off with, like, a one line, like, mm -hmm. this versus this, and then they talk about that for Suck about five in, minutes, yeah. and then they just talk about whatever. Do you think we can stretch that to five minutes, man? <laughs> so obviously, Cheez-Its are, like, way better. No, goldfish! Uh, that was just a little uh, sneak peek. Um, but seriously, Preview. Josh, Josh's podcast, Nicole and Josh are great. Hot Doggy Sandwich, great podcast. You should check it out. Follow Josh on Instagram for thirst traps. No more pictures of food because those don't hit in the algorithm. Well, wait, hold on. I have a picture of the food that we made earlier today that I'm I'm thinking about posting because it looks so sexual. Well, that was a sexual pizza. Sexual pizza. <laughs> that should have been the name of my deathcore band. Oh, sexual pizza. Sexual pizza with sexual pizza. And we hit rock. <laughs> then I go... <laughs> Oh, man. They know where to find you. Yeah, Mythical Kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. No problem. <laughs>
Well, if you know where to find me, then you know where to find Josh. Um, but seriously, go listen to Hot Dog of the Sandwich. Josh and Nicole have a great podcast. It's very fun. They have a great back and forth. Uh, Josh and Nicole's chemistry is honestly amazing. They're hilarious together. Um, but you know where to find him. Go follow him on whatever if you're not already weirdo. <laughs> um, Jamie, how do you think that went? I mean, that was great. It was really good to see the dynamic between you guys because like, I'm not like, when we're in the office and stuff, I'm in a very different office than like yeah. you guys are at. So I don't really get to see your interactions that much yeah. except for on camera. Yeah. So it's just nice to see like full length yeah. conversations and like how easily it goes from jokey to serious. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like most people like only ever see Josh and I on camera and whenever we're on camera together cooking, especially we're like always doing bits. Like there's never like a conversation. Everything is like snappy and quick and just like back and forth. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be fun for, for people to see like what, you know, like a normal, that was a pretty normal conversation for me and him to have. It's just, we recorded it, you know, it's a podcast. Um, but I would say that that wasn't, nothing was like, oh my God, this is so weird talking to Josh like this. Like that felt pretty normal to me. Like just pretty, pretty fun. So yeah. And I like to see it. I like seeing like actual, like just really good chemistry conversation happening. Like, I mean, I guess that's why I like to produce podcasts, but you know. Oh, but like this was more natural because it's like someone you knew. You for a like while. to produce podcasts, Jamie. I yeah, mean, it's I a, bet you do. It's a job because but... you're really good at it. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, I know. Thank you everyone <laughs> for listening to Trevor Talks Too Much. Uh, listen, every Tuesday we got new episodes coming out, and then the following Monday we got the video version going out on YouTube. And um, make sure to leave a review or a comment or whatever. Uh, give me tips. I need them. <laughs> Uh, and follow all the mythical stuff. Follow me, follow Mythical, follow all of our TikTok pages. Go check out Mythical Kitchen. Check out Mythical Pods on TikTok. Check out all this stuff. Go check out A Hot Dog as a Sandwich. If you enjoyed me and Josh talking, you'll probably really enjoy Josh and Nicole talking. So check that out. Um, and big plug here coming in, very important at the end. So I'm going to spend a lot of time deliberating on it. Mythicon is happening. Mythical Convention. Uh, it's happening in Austin from October 27th to 30th. Uh, it's gonna be freaking amazing. It's a whole, we basically got a whole mythical town set up. We like rented this ranch and it's like a huge, really cool event space. And we're gonna mythicalify the whole thing. Uh, there's gonna be a ton of events. We got a live, a hot dog is a sandwich. We got live Trevor talks too much. We got Rhett and Link doing all the Rhett and Link stuff you could ask for. Um, but yeah, there's gonna be so much cool stuff there. Tickets are on sale now. So make sure to go check those out. And, uh, yeah, thank you everyone. Have a lovely week. I know I sure will. I'm going to get a massage later tonight. Sweet. That'll be nice. And it's your first time? First time. Well, getting like a professional one, but they don't need to know that. I just, goodbye. It was the, it's like the end of the outro, so I'm supposed to like say goodbye, and I told them to have a good week, and I... I'll cut, anyway. I'll, I'll cut it and make it nice. No, I think we should leave it in. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>